Money FM 89.3, best of the evening runway. Culture Club. Money FM 89.3. It is the evening runway. Ellie Dank and Timothy Go with you right now talking about uh, one of the Banyan Tree Group's many resorts. If you've stayed in any of them, mm-hmm. uh, surely it would have been a great experience, a memorable experience, a relaxing experience. A luxurious experience. Yeah. yeah. That's why the first thing that comes to mind is can't afford. <laughs> oh, dear. Well, uh, this Singaporean multinational hospitality brand is one of the most beloved in the region. It's mm-hmm. got luxurious properties spanning from Phuket to Maldives. And now Banyan Tree Group is evolving its corporate umbrella under the from Banyan Tree Group to Banyan Group as it celebrates its 30th anniversary this year. So I guess it does reflect the group's evolution into a dynamic multi-brand hospitality powerhouse. And with that said, Bunyan Group is announcing one of its most ambitious developments yet, Laguna Lakelands. Oh, that should be fun. Mm. So it's a $2 billion US dollar investment project and it is located in the area of Bangtan Beach. Uh, this is at the entrance uh, to the exclusive community of Laguna Phuket. On the line to talk to us about this is Mr. Ho Kong Peng, who is founder and executive chairman of the Banyan Group. Good afternoon. How are you, sir? I'm very good, thank you. Let's start with Laguna Lakelands. Why did Banyan Group uh, start this uh, Laguna Lakelands project in Phuket? Why in Phuket? Well, actually, it's not as if we're starting something from scratch. Mm -hmm. I mean, we have long been for 30 years, or more than 30 years, the largest landowner in Phuket. That Ah. started out a long time ago. But we effectively own land that's about uh, two-thirds the side of Chachukang Township. We We have land that's about of four square kilometers in size mm-hmm. and about 3.5 kilometers of beachfront, in fact. So it's wow. been there for a long time. And we've built over seven, eight hotels there. We've got a total invested amount in terms of all the hotels of about half a billion dollars. And the total amount of property development we've done so far is actually double of that, in, which is about one billion. And we've got another half billion under offer for sale right now. But those have all been largely in Laguna Phuket, which is right along the beach with its own golf course and so on and so forth. That took 30 years to develop. Mm-hmm. Now, Laguna Lakelands is on an adjacent piece of land with lagoons as large as the one in Laguna Phuket. We haven't done anything with it for the last 30 years. But now, with the incredible amount of property development going on in Phuket, we've decided it's a good time to launch this uh, residential project, which will probably be the, the, the biggest one in Phuket. It will altogether have about, you know, seven, 8,000 homes. Um, it's going to be a long-term project, and it's going to be a very exciting one from our point of view because it won't be just a gated community. It's an attempt uh, by us to try to combine and integrate the larger public with a residential development, something that we've always you know, we in Banyutri tried to do new things in terms of integrating people mm-hmm. and so on. So it's, it's very exciting for us and it's a good time to do it because property is booming in Phuket. Yeah, yeah. Mr. Ho, the Financial Times calls this uh, Banyan Group's visionary, eco-friendly Phuket residential community. You're launching international sales, uh, I believe, in Hong Kong, March 2nd and 3rd, and then Singapore, March 16th and 17th. To that, uh, the fact that A, it's eco-friendly, B, who will you be targeting? Uh, an international crowd or a more regional crowd? Probably a very international crowd. You've got always the, the sort of stalwarts of people who've been buying property in Phuket, which are 
largely Europeans, expats in Singapore and, and, and Hong Kong and so on. In recent years, of course, the Russians mm-hmm. and Ukrainians have come in in massive numbers. The Chinese used to, then it fell away during the pandemic and there are some signs that they'll come back. But I think what's happened, that's an interesting point, is that Phuket was very much a regional destination and now Phuket has probably, has even become bigger than Bali in terms of being an international destination. It's got 75 direct destinations where flights go to compared to 50 in Bali. Mm -hmm. It's about two-thirds the size of uh, Bangkok's Subhanapum Airport. And the property prices there are pretty close to global holiday destinations, not global cities, you know, like Singapore, Hong Kong, New York. But it's it's similar to what you would get in the Caribbean, what Mm -hmm. you would get in Ibiza, Mallorca, and so on. And it's not just holiday goers now. There's a whole lot of, I guess, because of, of the pandemic, mm-hmm. a lot of people, creative types, others who work from home, who and because Phuket is is exactly halfway between two real powerhouses, which is Singapore and Bangkok, it's quite convenient to live in Phuket and just commute to these two other major centers. Now, Mr. Ho, you've been there, as you mentioned, for quite a long time. You've seen how Phuket evolved from humble beginnings to what it is now, as you've been describing. It was also, I guess, partially or mostly destroyed during the tsunami. How? What kind of success story uh, can you tell us about how it managed to revive itself to what it is today? Every success story has its potential downside. I'm not going to try to sugarcoat it. Mm. After the tsunami, which pretty much, it was physically it hit Kaulak most, which is actually north of Phuket. That's right. where most of the destruction was. But psychologically, the whole place was absolutely you know, destroyed. People were so distraught. And don't forget now, it's been many years. It takes time to recover. Mm-hmm. But I think one of the, the two reasons why I think Phuket has recovered so well, one is, of course, the resilience of the Thai people themselves. The fact that Thailand has bounced back as a real major tourist destination and even Bangkok, where I'm calling you from, and which I don't particularly like, is one of the favorite (laughs) tourist destinations in the world, even despite its horrendous traffic and its pollution. I mean, people all come here. I guess I would call it the the Thai spirit. The other one, though, is a very interesting one. It's a climatic one. And that is, if you look at the whole of Southeast Asia, there is not one place except the Andaman coast of Southeast Asia where in the winter months, the weather is dry. Now, and the people who come, you know, to, to sort of coastal resorts are still from the more wealthy global north, whether it be, you know, Russia or China or Korea, it's really usually from the global north. So they usually come during the peak season and they want dry weather. And the problem is we've got resorts in Bali, we've got resorts in Hainan, we've got resorts in uh, Vietnam, and we love them all. But the trouble is the weather patterns are wrong. It's, it's, it's wet and cold in December. Right. So that's one thing that Phuket has. North of Phuket, Kaolak has. Now, Burma has that by the loads, but of course, Burma is now a total political pariah. Otherwise, uh, the Burmese Andaman coast has got also the right weather. But Mm. other than that, there's not many other places. So Laguna Lake Lands is based on a theme, Balance by Nature. Could you elaborate a little bit on this, you know, this whole nature-integrated development uh, and the experience yeah. that the, the Banyan Group has had with regard to dealing with these sort of environments? I think we've gotten a certain amount of respect for the sustainability efforts we've been doing even before the word sustainability was coined. 30 years ago, we started the rehabilitation 
of Laguna Phuket, which was a totally denuded and, pollute, and polluted tin mine. And in the process of rehabilitating that, we've established our sort of green credentials, as it were. And not only established those credentials, we've really come to see how powerful it is to really develop something that is that is totally in tune with the physical environment and very much the human environment. So what we're what we want to do in Laguna Lake Glen, since we have a, a clean palette to begin with and we've got thirty years of experience, one of the things we want to do is to integrate nature into our projects. Give you one example. Okay. <clears throat> our project will have fifteen kilometers of biking and jogging trails. Mm-hmm. Now that's a hell of a lot. Mm-hmm. Fifteen kilometers. Those fifteen kilometers will be along the entire perimeter of Laguna Lake Glens and it will be accessible to the general public. We intend to have botanic gardens, which Singapore has a great one, but Phuket doesn't have any. We intend to have not one single botanic gardens, but a lot of mini botanic gardens. For example, one area they'll be showing, you know, seagrasses, another one would be showing the different orchids of the world and so on. So we would intend to have different botanic gardens embedded in Lakelands, which would be accessible to both the residents of Laguna and the general public. Phuket does not have at all a park. It doesn't mm-hmm. even have like Bangkok or Lumpini Park, much much less a Hyde Park or Central Park. Mm-hmm. There's no place that local people, whether they're foreigners and residents or they are local Phuketians, there's no place where families can go. So we intend to build a local Phuket community club, for example, not a Swiss country club, but a community club where families can go, kids can have, you know, music lessons and the adults can do this and that and so on. We intend to have these trails. We have lagoons where we will have boating facilities. And the key thing, and this is going to be a challenge, but Mm. it's a challenge we welcome with urban planners. And that is, how do you have a relatively expensive residential community of, of the size we're talking about, which is about one square mile, I suppose, or even more? How do you do that without making it into another typical third world gated community, like Forbes Park in Manila. Mm-hmm. You know, like many, many gated communities where the, the rich can go and the poor live outside. Uh, I mean, that's the last thing we want to do. India has got them. Philippines so, has got them. And we don't want to do that. So that was one of the <clears throat> questions I wanted to ask you, Mr. How do you maintain the, the exclusivity of the Laguna uh, Phuket project and still make it accessible to the public? That's an excellent question, but that is the whole ethos of Banyan Tree. People have always sort of associated Banyan Tree with luxury, mm-hmm. but I have always maintained that we have an inclusive luxury. Ours is not exclusive luxury. Right. Okay. Our luxury, and I've used examples. For example, we do not practice the luxury of Hermes, where a Hermes Birkin bag <laughs> is not necessarily so great. But I got one, you ain't got one. And that's right. the sole reason why my Hermes bag costs $30,000. Right. It's more of an inclusive luxury, let's say like Apple. Apple phone costs more than a typical iPhone, but Apple welcomes everybody to join that community if you kind of believe in the cool Apple lifestyle and this and that. And that's intended to be inclusive luxury. And that's why we are now a multi-branded hospitality group where our brands encompass both highly affordable hotels as well as the very expensive dining tree. And we're proud of all these other brands because we are not about exclusivity. Now, the difficulty would be physical. Mm. How can you provide facilities that are within 
a gated community, which also allows the public in and the residents do not feel insecure. I don't think the people who buy our properties to begin with are the type who necessarily have to feel uh, exclusive luxury. Right. But there are issues of real issues of security. There are real issues of uh, congestion. So, you know, how do you, how do you do this? How do you plan public facilities being embedded within a private residential community and ensure that in the meshing of these two, you don't get chaos? Mm. So it's an exciting challenge. And mm-hmm. quite frankly, I think if we do it well, we could really be setting, as we have done for sustainability and so on in our 30-year history, I think we could actually be setting a new trend, small though it might be, for other developers to try to do large uh, residential developments, but without having to corner them off mm. and making it instead have facilities which both the public and the residents of that community can enjoy. Now, there are challenges, but if it can be done, wouldn't it be really worthwhile to do rather than just doing another residential project? Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting, uh, both of you talking about Banyan and associating that with luxury. I tend to associate Banyan with quality, or maybe that's my Singaporean side. And just very quickly, Mr. Ho, final question. Uh, do you see Singaporeans making up a sizable portion of those looking to invest in this property in Phuket? But Singaporeans have always been buyers of some of our projects. But, <laughs> but you know, Singapore, the, the, the Singapore buying community isn't very large. So when you look at Russians and Chinese and so on, I would say we've always got, um, you know, a, a good small, I'll put it this way, Singaporean buyers of our properties, Singaporean visitors to our properties are way, way disproportionate to what it should be on a per capita basis. Okay. So they're not going to be the largest by far. They might right. even be number 10. But by, if you did on a per capita basis, they should be number 100 or 200, mm-hmm. given Singapore's tiny, tiny yeah. population. Yeah. So they're quite disproportionate to the population, but in absolute numbers, they can never be that big. All right. We've been speaking with Ho Kwong Ping, who is a founder and executive chairman of the Banyan Group. Appreciate your time today, Mr. Ho. Take care and have a great Wednesday. Thank you. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.